So, bows and arrows. That's what we're going to talk about today. But uh, I am thinking about this past weekend watching Phil Mickelson uh, at the age of 50 win uh, a major championship. As probably you know by now, I'm a big golf fan. And so watching that was was both exhilarating as a golf fan, because Phil is a beloved player, but also as somebody is in their 50s still working at uh, trying to get better at that game. And today's conversation with Tim Wilson around his journey into archery uh, reminds me of that because because uh, Tim doesn't take up this sport until uh, not that many years ago, and he talks about how and why he he did it, which is fascinating in of itself, but also um, uh, the idea of goal setting and and how he views sort of his own success in different ways. And I think there's so many applications for us uh, as learners and educators. Um, and so I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tim Wilson, a longtime friend. Uh, Mr. Tim Wilson. So, Tim, what I'd like you to do before we get started talking about the thing we want to talk about today, give me the one-minute resume uh, of who you are, what you do, um, and and where and where you are. Oh, great, Dean. Well, first, thanks for inviting me to be on this podcast. It's a treat. Um, my, I'm, I live in Minneapolis. I uh, grew up in uh, Northwest Iowa, but have been living here in the Twin Cities, uh, USA, for a long time. I was initially, I've been in public education most of my career. I was a high school science teacher starting in the mid-90s and ended my career as the CTO for a large school district here in the Twin Cities metro area. And then a couple of years ago, I left that job, did a, a software sales job for a couple of years. But then most recently, I decided that what I really wanted to do was to get back to helping people and mentoring and coaching. So I am wrapping up an executive coaching training program with the Newfield Network. And I have, as about as of about a year ago, opened my own coaching practice. And I do some corporate training in some of the areas that I have developed some expertise in over the years and uh, doing presentations, but mostly working with one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, helping them be the best people they can be. And that's, that's what I'm passionate about these days. So again, it's, it's all education. It's all part of that. Uh, um, and it's just great to know people in different different aspects of, of this field. So uh, my first question is, how do we know each other? Boy, that's a good question. It goes back. Um, I'm trying to remember when we first met. Was it New Orleans? Was it ISTE New Orleans? Um, that's the thing that comes oh, to no, mind. No, it was FETC. It was FETC. Uh, FETC. Okay. Way back in the mid-2000s and um, kind of at the dawn of the edu blogger sphere, and at the dawn of Web 2.0 awareness in the education world, uh, a bunch of us, uh, you know, Will Richardson and, and Steve Burt and Tim Lauer and Dean Shiresky, and there was just a whole bunch of us at that time who were kind of in the same sphere. So it's been, uh, it's been quite, a few, quite a few years now. And of course, we have the, uh, you know, we have the shared love for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, which, which goes, you know, <laughs> which goes a long way. It does. Um, so I, I actually know, so I was looking back because as, as much as I'm doing this podcast, I have been not as long as you, but have been podcasting for a long time. And I looked on my blog and, you know, back when I first started too, I don't even remember where I was hosting these MP3s. Mm -hmm. They were on archive.org and all kinds of places. I didn't have that. So the first podcast that I have on my website that I actually have the file for is my 14th podcast. It was done in 2006 and it was, and it was with you 
and Will, and I think Steve Dembo at FETC. So 2006 was when I met you. And the reason that I sort of became aware of you is because you were podcasting. You were way back in the day and you'd worked, you did some work for Apple and, and you mm -hmm. had like, you had the gear, like, and I remember that thinking like, <laughs> this was high quality, like the audio was superb. And, you know, I'm, I was using, remember those little, uh, just remember what were they called like a little mini Disney river or something? or something like that yeah like you just you just recorded it i remember steve dembo recorded a podcast with his camera with his little <laughs> digital camera in his car and now of course we have i don't know how fancy it's not i'm not as fancy as others do but much more high quality so it, it goes way back and we've continued and maintained a friendship uh i've slept in your home uh that's true i've uh invited you to leave sandwiches at the at minneapolis the airport just... You just snuck in and boy, was I surprised in the morning when you came out of the bedroom. Ooh. Well, that's hey, what are friends are for? But uh, uh, anyways, that's that's our background. But that's that. And just because it's that part of why I do this is because I know so many cool, interesting people and you're one of them. And but the thing I want to talk to you about today is something that has not been as much of a part of your life as podcasting and education has. And that is archery. So you are yes. you are an archer. Is that is that like is that just what I call you an archer? Is that's the you, right you word. might call me a golfer. Yep, that's right. Or is there like okay, all right. So let's start with the question: Why did it take you so long, and what was it that decided you to be get interested in archery? Well, it all this is an interesting story, and it's and it's connected to education in a, in a way. Uh, when my youngest son Reese who is now a 19-year-old freshman at the University of Minnesota. But when he was 10 years old, he was really into the Ranger's Apprentice book series. It's a, a book series by an author named John Flanagan, had a number of books in the series. It was about a young, the hero of the story is this archer, a ranger, I think is what they're called. And, uh, but he was the hero of the story over many books, was an amazing archer. And this guy, this hero became just a passion for Reese when he was 10 years old. And so when his 11th birthday came around in January, he wanted, he somehow found out that a local archery shop would do archery birthday parties, which meant that you, you and some of your buddies could go in and they had this back room in a 10 yard range and you could shoot at balloons and shoot, just have fun. They would teach you a little bit about archery and you could do it. And he loved it and his friends loved it. And, and Carlin and I, uh, were there, of course, and we we got we shot bows a little bit too, and he was just so interested in it. And then soon after that, there was our local archery club was having an intro to archery class, and so he wanted in the worst way to do that. So I signed him up for that. And after a couple of weeks of that, I, I made a major discovery, and that is that archery is a horrible spectator sport. It's not great to watch. It's not great to watch. It's really fun to do, but it's not great to watch. And I, but I was watching and saying, this looks really fun. And so um, that was in January. By March, I had purchased my own bow uh, and I started doing archery. Uh, Reese's participation lasted a couple years. And then, as a lot of kids do, his interests kind of, you know, went different directions. But um, I got engaged with it and really loved it. And I became a certified USA archery coach. So I'm a level three certified coach. I'm the head compound archery coach for our local archery team at our archery club. Uh, I've competed around Minnesota and in the Midwest. 
And it's something that I really, really have grown to love and have made lots of friends and have had some great experiences doing it for, I guess, about eight years now. So like, that's a, that's a fast track into like, here's something I, I do to something like I am all in on. I that's understand sort of my style. <laughs> well, okay. That's that. So that's my question. So like, I understand uh, let me explain two things. I understand golf. Like I know why I love it. Right. And I don't know mm -hmm. that I can explain it to other people. So that's one question I want to ask you is like, what is it that flipped that switch? Mm -hmm. Because there's other sports and I think skiing is my, is, is another great example of, I know people who really like skiing, but because of access or whatever, they might only ski once a year. So they can't, they can't do it. I would like, I can't imagine if I was as much as I love golf, if I could only golf like once a year. So so I guess I think about like, what, how did you sort of, what hit you that said, like, I am all in on this. I love this. Like try to, try to dissect that a little bit for me. And also then how do you kind of keep, you know, like what's your routine like in terms of like, what does you as an archer look like over say over the winter or any time of the year yeah. that, that allows you to keep into the sport? Yeah, well, one of the things, there's a number of things about archery that I found really appealing. One is, uh, it's very, the camaraderie is great. You are with other people. It's a, you're shooting in, you know, close proximity to other people. It all, you know, with this, it's behind a line. It's very safe. It's a super safe sport. Um, but there are just lots and lots of people doing it. Archery is very popular in Minnesota. Um, obviously, many, the vast majority of archers who do it are, are bow hunters. I have I don't, I have no interest in hunting. I, I do archery purely as a target sport. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm very, very much in the minority in that. Uh, but anyway, I, I love the camaraderie. I love, I'm drawn to precision sports and archery is very much a precision sport. I consider archery a martial art actually, um, in the sense that it is very mind body connection sort of in its approach the mental game like golf, uh, Dean is, is absolutely critical. And in fact, some of the books that archers tend to read for their, their mental game have are written for golfers in, in, and, um, archery also provides indoor. There's an indoor season in the winter here in Minnesota and most of the U S and then there's an outdoor season during the summer months. And there's different kinds. We go out into a course in the woods and are shooting at targets up and down hills. And that's my favorite style. And it is remarkably like golf uh, in so many interesting ways. Archery outside is very much like golf. Um, so I, I love the precision of it. I love the, the practice, the repetitive part of it. There's a certain person, I think, where the repetitive and trying to perfect your swing or trying to perfect your shot and the subtleties of of I need to tweak this little thing or that little muscle or that little motion. Um, there's a subtlety to the perfection of that and achieving mastery of that that is really draws some people in with a certain with with a certain kind of brain or whatever it is. That's just really appealing to to a person, and I and I guess I'm one of those people. So one of one of the things I think about too, like that I you talk about sort of precision and repetitiveness, is that uh, and again forgive those people who don't know anything about golf or archery, <laughs> sorry, that, but, but one of the things about golf too, in, is that it like the elements play such a big role. Like it's not just about you and execution. 
I wonder how does that does that also translate into archery? Like, because in my Absolutely. mind, it's like there's a target, there's a bow. Like, there's no other external factors at play here that you have to consider. But this is where you're saying I I may be wrong. No, outdoor archery for sure has all kinds of environmental factors. The most significant one is the wind, obviously. Sure. Uh, if you're shooting an arrow 50, 60 yards or the longest shot we make in competitive archery these days is 80 yards. And, uh, you know, if you've got a wind of even five or 10 miles an hour over 80 yards, that can make a significant impact. So a uh, difference in the point of impact. So you're taking that into consideration also, when you're shooting uphill or downhill, there's a certain bit of trigonometry that goes into it of, of right. adjusting your sight for the distance. And um, you're always adjusting your sights for the wind or for the distance of the shot that you're making. Um, it's very, um, you have to be very aware of the conditions for outdoor archery specifically. Now, indoor archery, totally different game. Indoor archery, there's no wind. All the targets, all your shots are at the exact same distance. So the indoor archery game is all about repeatable perfection. Can you make the same exact shot 30 or 60 times in a row? And, and that's, that's the magic of indoor archery and, and outdoor is a little different. So indoor archery is more like bowling probably and, or shooting yeah. free throws, right? Like, like yes, those, I'd say shooting kind of free throws play. is very, very, yes, that's a great analogy to indoor archery. So do Which you I have sounds boring? Uh, it's that sounds boring to some, probably to a lot of people. And yeah. for some people, it totally is. But there yeah. are other people, they there's an appeal to that. Well, and it's 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 that again, it's that challenging of yourself to be able to uh and again, I think what I what I sort of picked up early on when you talk about the similarities to golf is like one of the things about golf is that you have to quiet your body. Like it, mm -hmm. it's, it's counterintuitive to a lot of sports that require you to amp up, right. And, and, and use that adrenaline. Like that almost is a, that that's a bad thing to get too far <laughs> no, ahead of that. Exactly. You do not want adrenaline okay. when you're trying to make a precise shot. Still your mind, still your body kind of just uh, get into this sort of Zen like state to be able to perform in the zone or whatever you want to call it. What, what do you, do you have anything then at, like, cause you talk about like having to, like, I, I envision you going to, you know, being part of an archery club and doing all these things. Is there anything you do though on your own, like in your backyard or anything like that, where you practice it or not, or is that everything else? Yeah. Well, we're not, on? we're not allowed to shoot archery in our backyard in the city where I live. Most, most metropolitan areas uh, consider bows and arrows weapons. So you're not allowed to use them outside, but I have a full target and can shoot 11 yards in my basement. And so I can shoot as many arrows as I want in my basement. I have a, a target and um, that's a great practice. In fact, um, practicing at 11 yards indoor, the standard competition distance for indoor is, is, is 20 yards uh, or 18 meters. It's pretty much the same. Um, and 11 yards actually is a great way to practice because it, you, can, you can be less nervous hitting the hitting the middle at 11 yards and really focus on your form and then when you extend back out to 20 that really has has uh, benefits but i want i want to address the other thing about the the adrenaline and things like that one of the great things about archery is you do not need to be an elite athlete now you and i obviously are extremely athletic and and um you know if you just look at us you can tell we're we're supremely Absolutely. conditioned supremely conditioned uh, athletes but not everybody is like us and the the people the more normal i'm i'm, I'm just kidding but the one of the great things <laughs> if you're just listening not, to this by the way and you have no visual 
Um, just yeah, understand. Tongue is firmly in cheek on this. Yeah, one. But we're anyway. a couple of men. We're a couple of men in our fifties. We get it. But uh, <laughs> anyway, one of the great things about archery is that you do not have to run fast or jump high. Um, some of the best archers in the world, you would not look at them and say, "Well, that that guy's obviously an athlete. That woman is obviously an elite, you know, athletic performer." Um, that said, being strong and fit certainly doesn't hurt, but it's not strictly speaking required to be successful in archery. So that makes it very accessible for people. Anybody can do it. Uh, whether you are interested enough to get really good at it or not, that's a different story and, 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 and everybody's right. different, but it's accessible to everyone anyway. It's a life. It's one of those lifetime sports. Uh, we have a, we have a guy here in Minnesota who is at all of our events. I'm also the president of one of the statewide archery associations. So again, I have a hard time going part way with things sometimes, but we have a gentleman who competes in all of our events. He's well into his nineties and has been competing in archery for wow. 70 years. And another gentleman who just sadly passed away about a year ago, uh, similarly has won national championships in his age division in his seventies and eighties and, and was in his early nineties when he finally passed away. Uh, so it's a sport that you can start when you're six or seven and you can literally do uh, into your 80s, 90s. It's amazing. It's great that way. Uh, that is, yeah. Again, just like golf, that's such an amazing mm -hmm. thing to have those lifelong uh, sports. And I always think about, you know, introducing introducing those kinds of activities in schools to kids should should sort of perhaps have more weight than the traditional sports that you know have definitely are more focused around uh, you know a specific builds and abilities that wane as you, as you age. So uh, I love, and uh, I love that, that concept of it. Um, oh, one, one question. I, was, I have a couple more questions, but one I was going to ask you is, do you have different kinds of equipment for different things? Like is, is your, your bow, your bow that you use in all of these formats, like whether it's 11 yards in your basement or 80 yards outdoors or, or yeah. do you have different bows and arrows? It for depends different when you, you certainly, there's no reason you have to have different bows. But um, once you get to a certain level of competition and a certain level of commitment, there's in, a, in Minnesota here, uh, winter bleeds into summer and, and summer bleeds into winter in ways that sometimes the weather is good or bad. And, and so the, the, the boundary between indoor and outdoor archery sometimes gets a little fuzzy. And there's a certain amount of setup. If you owned just one bow, there's a certain amount of setup that you have to do to go from winter to summer to winter, indoor to outdoor, back to indoor. So people that are pretty serious about competition typically will have two bows. So I have two and I have one that's set up for indoor archery where we use bigger and different arrows and have a slightly different configuration. And one that is set up for outdoor archery where we use little skinny arrows that are less affected by the wind. And we have, you know, different kinds of characteristics of the equipment are preferred. So I actually have two, so I can pretty quickly, if it's a nice day in the spring and I want to shoot outside, I can grab my outdoor bow. Or if it's a cloudy and rainy day, I can grab my indoor bow and shoot in the basement or at the club. All right. Makes sense. Uh, I want you to brag a little on yourself. What is the sort of your pinnacle, the ultimate uh, achievement that you've had in your archery career thus far. So it's just a highlight or two. Yeah, a couple things. I would say last spring, I've been fortunate, you know, I started archery when I was 43, I guess, or something like that, which is relatively late to start a sport like this and obviously past your physical prime. 
Um, but I've been managing to keep improving a little bit. And I realize that there's a time when I'm going to plateau and I don't expect to be performing at 75 as I am now at 52 or three or whatever I am. Um, 52, I guess. Uh, the So I know that there is a time when the performance will go down. But I feel like in most cases, I'm performing at or better than I ever have before, which is great. And it's something I work hard at. Um, last spring, before all the lockdown stuff and we hit basically archery shut down, um, I, I managed to shoot my first perfect score on um, a particular style of target. Uh, and that means that I shot 60 arrows in a row and those arrows all were in a two centimeter circle. Um, wow. I could actually, you can, you can touch the line. So it could be, it just has to be inside a two centimeter circle or touching the line around a two centimeter circle. So it was 60 arrows in a row into a space that small. That was my, um, that's my, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. It was a four centimeter. I got to think now two or four centimeters. It's small. It's pretty small. Um, so that was the best score. The first time I'd ever done perfect, perfect shot on that. So that was a big deal. Most people never do that in their whole career. Um, and, and I guess I've won a few state championships and I've placed in the top 10 nationally in my age group a couple of times as a, now that in, in archery, when you hit 50, you go into the master's division. Right. Uh, and so once I turned 50, I've, I've had a couple top 10 finishes nationally. Uh, and that's with professionals mixed in with the amateurs. So that's everybody mixed together, which is kind of cool. So I've had some success. I'm decently good at it. Well, no, that sounds, that sounds pretty. So do you have like, do you have a goal of like, yeah, I'd like to win a, a national or, or like, do you have goals or is it just like, I just want to keep getting better and sort of roll the dice? I have, on it? yeah, I have a couple goals and uh, you know, I have a uh, goals around uh, particular scores that I have yet to achieve. Um, you know, I'd always, there is a couple state championships I have yet to win. Um, I would love to, you know, winning a national title in some area it would be fantastic. Um, it's the competition is extremely tough. And as <laughs> when you're in, it's kind of like running. Some of you are familiar with running. If you race, you know, it usually breaks the age groups down by decades. So typically like when you first turn 50 or you first right. turn 60, shot. yeah, there's a window of a year or two where you're really competitive. And then inevitably some of the younger guys come up and they enter that division and that's a lot harder. So I'm sort of, I'm kind of past now that first couple year window of my fifties. Um, and so winning a national title is probably a bit of a stretch, but if I keep doing this and can stay competitive when I get into the next division, maybe when I hit 60, um, you know, I've got a shot. So I would love to win a national title someday. Yeah. Just real quick. You mentioned, uh, professional, uh, archers. What's the, what's, I mean, is it just the fact that they play for money or what is it? What is a professional archer? Yeah, there, there are a few well, there are hundreds of them. This is not a huge sport in that sense, but there are hundreds of people who compete professionally and, um, win money, play for money, essentially. Um, all very few of them do that as their full-time job, but there are some of them that do. Um, the biggest, uh, richest archery tournament in the world is, or at least in the North America, I'll say the North America, is the Vegas shoot. And it's every year. And the winner of the Vegas shoot, he takes home about $100,000 in prize money and uh, money from sponsors. So that's pretty, that's decent money. You know, we're not talking about tennis or baseball or bowling sure. money even, but it's, it's, uh, or golf money, but it's, it's pretty good for archery. Cool. Um, so 
my last question is, um, and you, you you started it a little bit at the beginning, but I think I want to clarify that. How if how has or has archery impacted you as a and we'll just say as an educator? Like, do you do you mm-hmm. take the lessons that you've learned, the experiences, and apply that, or is it completely done as this is just a separate getaway from my work and my my role as an educator? Yeah. Well, there's some ways that it's um, you know as an educator, it's certainly made me a better archery coach. So there's a, there's a sense in which yeah. being a teacher uh, in, that, in that area and learning to explain hard concepts and come up with different ways of thinking about a hard concept that might com- connect with a particular student, of course, that's a tremendous asset when coaching archery. Um, but as it, you know, going the other direction, what have I learned from archery? I think one of the things that I have, I was reflecting on this before our call, because I know it was a question that would come up. Um, one of the things that's interesting, when, when you become a USA Archery certified coach, one of the things they take you through is a goal setting template because they, you know, the expectation is that you'll be working on goals with your archery students as well. And one of the things, the things that I, they, they break the goals down in sort of two categories, timeline, there's a short, medium, and then long range goals. But then the other thing that I really like is they break goals down by type of goal in the sense you can have an outcome goal which would be something like, I want to win the state championship in 2022. You know, that's an outcome goal. There's a performance goal. I would like to shoot this score in a, you know, at an, that's my goal, my next goal. But then there's the process goal. I'm going to stay positive even when I make a bad shot, you know? And I love those distinctions. And they're all three are really important goals. Um, And the thing that I talk to my archery students about that has really helped me as a person and in my own, in many areas is process goals. uh, Nobody has any, that's just you. It's just you. Nobody else can say whether I get discouraged when I make a bad shot. That's up to me. Um, You know, a performance goal, a score that I want to shoot. Well, if it's really windy that day, if I go into an event and say, I'm going to score X. And, and it's super windy that day. Yeah. I'm probably not going to hit that score because the conditions are not right for it. You know? So there's some external factors. And then if it's a, a, if it's an achievement goal or an outcome goal, I'm going to win this championship. Well, that depends on who shows up on that day. That's really outside of my control. So I love the idea of focusing on process goals as your most important goals, the things that you and only you have command over you control. Um, there could be a mindset, it could be an attitude, it could be, you know, anything like that. It's often emotional or something. And I love that dis- those distinctions. And I think they can be really useful. They've been useful to me in areas outside of my life, other than, other than archery, you know, as I'm building my business, uh, my executive coaching business, it's a great, it's a great mindset. To, it's a great way to think about what I have to do. What are the things that I'm committed to doing every day? Those process things. But then at the same time, I have some goals about number of clients and that I'd like to do this, but, you know, I don't necessarily have direct control over that. I can control my attitude, my actions, and those are in the long run, those will are the things that will eventually lead to will produce the other results. So that's been a really useful lesson for me. That's fantastic. Well, um, 
this has really been helpful for me just to sort of get to know a sport that I really didn't know anything about. So this has been really useful. It's just always interesting to see uh, the, the passion coming out of you, especially something that you've, you know, hasn't been something that you've done for that long and you, and you, you've taken a pretty deep dive into it. Is there any other yeah, question yeah. that I didn't ask you that you said, gee, I wish you would ask me this question. No, I think that was really, I really shared a lot about it. I think I love the fact, I just reiterate the fact that archery is a sport that you can, you can start doing at any age. And I have coached people older than myself who are just trying archery for the first time. Um, you're never too late. And, and like golf, I think in that sense, it's never too late to sure. start to take up right. golf or take up archery. Um, and, and so I, that's one of the things I love about it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Tim, for your time. This was great. Um, and uh, maybe in the near future, I can swing by the Minneapolis airport. You can leave me a sandwich I'll bring somewhere. A sandwich. That's right. It's, it's more difficult <laughs> or now I than can, it used to be. But It is. And or I can sneak into the house and, or just talk to Carla and get a key. That's right. And wake up sometime. Well, it was great, man. Good catching up. Thank you. Likewise. This